can get hit and keep moving forward. Who was the greatest? Who was the best of all time? If two athletes from different years could actually compete against one another, who would come out on top? In one corner, the reigning champion at Mason the Line Dixon. He'll be pitted against the former two-time heavyweight champion, Rocky Balboa. Huber says Rocky Balboa would be triumphant. I think well, there's still some stuff in the basement. What basement? In here. I think I want to, like, fight. You know, nothing big, small stuff, like, locally. What are you trying to prove, Pop? I thought you might want to get involved. Don't you think you're too, you know, old? I think your brain's losing altitude. <laughs> you heard Rocky Balboa applied for a license. You want me to fight a guy that I can beat with both hands tied behind my back? That computer fight got a lot of people curious. Yeah, but I ain't interested in getting, like, mangled and embarrassed. People are going to think you're going crazy. Crazy, but standing toe-to-toe -to -toe saying, I am. If this is something that you got to do, then you do it. Fighters fight. To beat this guy, you need speed. You don't have it. You've got calcium deposits on most of your joints, so sparring is out. I had that problem. So what we'll be calling on is blunt force trauma. Heavy-duty punches that will rattle his ancestors. Yeah. Let's start building some hurting bombs. Yeah, yeah, we playing with you. Hockey, the press is labeled to a Balboasaurus. <laughs> How do you feel about that? It's a fight, it's a fight. Head bust, head bust. We gon' hit him with the left. Larry, why is this billed as an exhibition? We gon' hit him with the left. So they wouldn't have to call it an execution. It's a fight, head bust, head bust. It's a fight. It takes guts to climb back in that ring knowing you're gonna take a beating. Nothing over till it's over. Where's that from? The 80s? That's probably in the 70s. Rocky Balboa. Can you do it? Alright, before I go into the uh into Rocky Balboa, we'll just quickly recap. First three rounds to the Italian stallion. Right, he tagged us. Comfortably. Comfortable wins, yeah, comfortable victories. Round four, I think we got him. Gibbo said we cut him. I feel we did. Round five, momentum began to shift in our direction. The ref should have stopped it. It was a definite knockdown. He ref should have stopped it. He had a standing count. Our corner man is fucking yelling and really <laughs> ramping it up. Right? So I feel the tide is turning here as we go into the sixth. Rocky Balboa from 2006, directed... By Sylvester Stallone and written by Sylvester Stallone. Produced by Shocking. Charles David and Erwin Winkler, Robert and William Chartoff, Kevin King Templeton, and Guy Rydell. About 25 people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Obviously, Sylvester Stallone's back as Rocky. Burt Young is back as Paulie. Antonio Tava plays Mason Dixon. Geraldine Hughes is Marie and Milo Ventim. Milo Ventimiglia. <laughs> <laughs> He's Robert Balboa Jr. The right. budget... But <laughs> You're definitely not the Italian stallion. <laughs> I don't forget steps. <laughs> My apologies, Milo. <laughs> 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 Shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's some of your best work ever. <laughs> You're a real pro. I'm not even going to give it another go. <laughs> Now the budget for this point. was twenty <laughs> was twenty four million. 
So, so it was fucking half as much as Rocky Five, and the box office was a tidy $155 million worldwide. Synopsis, Rocky basically decides to fight again in his 50s uh, and whilst trying to reconnect with his son. And then there's an ESPN then versus now computer fight that sort of showcases Rocky against the current heavyweight champ. Rocky wins. The, the champ's camp decides that an exhibition fight with Rocky would be the best thing for him. Gibbo, thoughts, mate, on this one? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, I really like this movie. I think a lot of the stuff about the sports media, a lot of the commentary on that is really believable. I think the way they handle getting him back in the ring and a lot of the, the motivation for that stuff I think is really, really well done. I think the acting in this is just 10 times better than the last movie we had to sit through. Stories a lot better developed. The fight scenes are obviously, I think it's taken to another, another level as well. I think that's actually really well done. I've got some issues with a few little bits and pieces in this one, but I, I like the, I, it's, it's kind of amazing I'm going to say this, but I think this might be my second favourite Rocky movie, and I'm going to give this a four out of five. Solid. Mm. Very solid. Jared? Yeah, I've got to make a revision. A revision? Because I remember we had some sort of staunch opposition on Rocky Two, and when I went back and, and sort of bit of self-reflection perhaps jeez jeez getting deep here yeah. <laughs> i went back and you know looked at what we were talking about and i think you guys were probably right in some aspects rocky 2 <laughs> got him rocky 2 <laughs> got him yes <laughs> yeah rocky Stephen two. Seagal case lives on <laughs> i watched, I watched my the, first uh, win <laughs> celebrating <laughs> i celebrate with a box of crackers from your briefcase rocky 2 copped a low blow so i went back to the cards and <laughs> took a half a point <laughs> So Rocky 2 is a three and a half. <clears throat> this one's a four. I think. Oh, thank fuck. You're not giving this the same as Rocky 2. Are we? No, we would be in trouble. Yeah. I think um, going, back to, going back to look at it, this one, I, I'm 100% with Gibbo. This, to me, is the second best one of the series. Watching all those again. You're a smart guy, Jared. I am. You know, well, I try to pretend to be, but I watched, um, <laughs> watching them all in the space of a week or so. And getting to, to view Balboa again a second time with all that context and everything, mm. it's just I, I actually think it is the second best one of the series. It was awesome. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't think of a better way to, to dust off a character. Um, I remember you know this one wasn't so far uh, so far back. So I remember when it was coming out and people were laughing and stuff before it had come out. Oh, <clears> you know, do we need another Rocky <clears throat> Rocky movie? Blah blah blah. It took it back to the drama, and it was uplifting in parts it was really sad in other parts and Stallone gave it an acting performance that was worthy of all that and and did it really he's well unreal in this. Mm. he's really good he's really really good and um Gibbo mentioned it a couple of episodes back bringing a few characters back worked really well the 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 way to get him back in the ring totally believable because it is something that happens all the time which we'll get into but yeah four out of five for me I, I absolutely loved it Mate, I'm going further. Four and a half. This is by far the best Rocky sequel. God bless you, Adam. By far. To me, Jared is spot on. It's sad in parts. It's it's all about the characters. The boxing stuff and the training montage is the best of the series. And honestly, I was welling up. Welling up. Like this this got me, got the hair standing on the back of my neck, the goosebumps. Like I felt like... 
I was kind of like I was on the edge of my seat, even yeah. during the training montage. I just everyone was, was laughing about this, but this is just the perfect way to dust him off, but also almost the perfect send off. Yeah, for this yeah. character. Should we, should we start the gushing? I'm making it. <laughs> Let's kick it off. Continue. What are the likes? Oh, my initial like again setup. The setup is is perfect. Even today, you know, the, the, the comparison of old boxes and new boxes and things like that, it's kicked up into, it's kicked up, well, sportsmen in general, it's kicked up into another gear with all the, um, the, the sort of statistical revolution that's taken a hold of, of a lot of sports. And even now, in right this minute, there's all the talk of the current Golden State Warriors versus the 95-96 Bulls. And, well, and there's to the Bucks today, so it's over. Yeah, yeah it's gone. over. Well, they had a similar <laughs> so, thing just all recently about... Spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> They, they had a similar thing recently during the cricket telecast about Don Bradman. Yeah. You know, Don Bradman then averaged 100 runs a game. But now, you know, bowlers are allegedly faster and, and you know, the fielding's better and all this. And would he have, what would he average now? Yeah. And they take it into, I love the way they do it. They, they bring it up on ESPN because, quite frankly, ESPN is the, ESPN's the, the flagship for running that sort of stuff. Mm. They always fuel those arguments and then they throw in just a little bit of a computer simulation angle to tie it all up. Mm. I, I just loved it. I loved how they brought it back. And, I mean, this, the, the feelings that Rocky is having in relation to the sport in this movie is exactly why Michael Jordan ended up playing for the Wizards and things like that. You know? <laughs> it, it's realistic. Yeah. It's totally realistic. Exactly. It's the beast in the basement. Yep. Yeah. My biggest like of this entire movie is just that opening part of the movie we get, it's all nods back to the original movie. So we get the title going across the screen to the sounds of the iconic music. Was it Take It Back again? Then we get Take It Back, playing over the credits. Giddy up. We get a photo of Adrian. A way better version than in number five. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> a did better, very, had a rap very improved version. Dancing around in his fucking shit catches <laughs> <laughs> in the background. You got a picture of Adrian on his... Night table. Yep. You've then got the turtles. He feeds the turtles and the birds. Mm. Then you get Spider Rico. Yeah. Down yeah. at the buddy, down at his restaurant. Yeah, exactly. It was all familiar. And it's just so familiar. Plus, we see Philadelphia, even though it's, you know, 20, you know 30 years later, it still has that feeling of blue collar and all that stuff that we got from the first movie. Yeah. And I thought that was, that was just fantastic. What a way to bring all the fans back into it. Yeah, I think exactly. I think coupling that with a, a good setup of the movie, you've given us exactly what we were there for. You've given us the familiar elements, and yeah, everything was rolling. For me, this one is a character movie and a character study first, and a sports movie second. Yep. Yeah, which is why the first one was so great. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. It's a study of a of a man that's kind of broken. That's got one thing sort of left. Yeah. on offer to him that, that gets kicked up again. And, uh, yeah, it all works in mm. that regard. Certainly in that context. Now, Adrian is gone in this one. She is, she has died. That wasn't a given either. Um, there were earlier versions of the script where she was in it and she was actually in production uh, for a while and then Sly basically decided it would, the movie would work better if she had moved on. So, yeah. Mm. Um, I think he was yeah, right. There, it wasn't... Yeah, well, yeah, it definitely works. I mean, he definitely dwells on it a little bit, but you kind of feel like that works for his character. Like, that's what he would do. Like, that she was his 
his whole world sort of thing for, for yeah. a lot of it. And, and then that's why he gets the urge to fight again. Like he's got nothing else going for him at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she was actually in early drafts for this movie and she was supposed to be in it, but it just he just decided it worked better without it. And I think he made the right call for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Look, my feeling is this. There's, she's obviously not in it and she's gone and you see a couple of fleeting glimpses of her from the original movie, I believe, sort of cut back in. And I actually think her death still sort of, there's a sadness to it and it hangs over the, the early part of the movie, you know, that yeah. she's gone. And I think that's a testament to the actual performances and the relationship built up over the first five movies. I actually, think, yeah. I actually think... You still um, care about her? You still know that, you know, you're kind of sad that she's gone? I actually think it's part of the full circle. I remember mentioning in Rocky 1 how a lot of those conversations were one way um, until they get together and she sort of, you know, becomes more more important to him and sort of gives him, you know, bouncing things off her. In this one, it gets back to a bit of that one way where he goes and sits and talks to her, her grave and stuff. Talking yeah. headstone, yeah. You get a bit of her ca- of his character just by him he sitting sli- there chatting. Sly's all about the coming full circle, isn't he? He did that in the Rambo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was, I actually think that that was part of what made the movie work so well. Yeah. Totally agree with that. I also think it's good to see Rocky back, being back as a blue collar guy. You know, he's going out and buying his produce for the store and everything for the restaurant, packing up. You know, and he's, he's interacting with the with all the people in the markets and all that. Yeah. And and that's the Rocky I think that everyone loves. That's the one that we got yeah, introduced to. Yeah. yeah. We don't like the dipshit who walks around in his fucking. Fancy jackets and all that sort of stuff. I don't think that's the Rocky that people. Yeah, we need the bloke in the in the in the uh, fedora bouncing the rubber ball. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's the guy, and I think that yep. he's back here. And yeah, and it, Stallone it, is excellent. It, it's believable, that. and I think again that probably ties into Adrian because you could believe that without her, he falls back into that. You know, who's going to manage his money and who's going to do all that sort of stuff and. She was the sort of yin to the yang, and now he's back just being the, the, the fighter that he was. That's all he's yeah. got. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and I, so I really like that, and I think that Stallone is really good doing that. Like he's, he's yeah. Look, no one's going to confuse Stallone with an Oscar winner, although. Well, they might. <laughs> <laughs> they might. Yeah, they might. Hasn't he got Buzz again? There's Buzz. Yeah, he got a Golden Globe nomination for Creed. So I think he's awesome in this one, and I, I think the, the the Adrian thing actually leads to another quick like of mine too. I think. Paulie as a character in this one is finally has some good moments. Couldn't agree um, more. I, Paulie's I actually useful really again. like him in this one. Yeah, Paulie is even, absolutely just useful his revisionist again. stuff when they're doing the you know the the Rocky and Adrian uh, memorial tour and and Paulie's sort of getting dragged along or whatever and then he has that bit at the moment where he just says I can't do it anymore. That scene is fucking awesome. He yeah. is really good in that scene. And yeah, it's, it just sort of, I don't know that it's I don't think it's worth what we've had to go through to get. To this moment with Paulie, but it definitely redeems him a little bit, and you sort of get to see a little bit more of the man. Yeah, and even his firing scene as well. I think that's sort of and he goes into the restaurant, and blows up, and and then he sort of walks out the back, and and he, he still he, he's at least redeemable in this one. Where the other ones, he was just a reprehensible slimeball piece of shit. Yeah, I think he's just a lot more likable in this. Yeah, he's the character is is actually useful. Like the, the, even from the beginning, like. When Rocky's going through all the Adrian stuff, and and then Paulie says, you know, I can't do this anymore because you treated her good and I treated her like shit and stuff like that. Yeah, that's where yeah, you. These s- aren't good memories. Yeah, yeah, these aren't good memories and things like that. You see how 
it's kind of paralleling Rocky in some ways when he gets to that point where he gets fired because he's already told him, you know, like you spend some, you spend, he says to him, you spend uh, so long somewhere you become that thing. Yeah. And this is me basically talking about the meatpacking plant and then he gets fired and he's, yeah. he immediately completely understands why Rocky get, wants to get back in the ring because he's got nothing left and that's where he's yeah, spent the all the time. Yeah, the meatpacking plant like, was his Adrian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it was just sort of, I, I just loved that. I, I just loved that Paulie was was something other than you know I don't sweat you, make a couple of gags, yeah, be racist, yeah, be racist, be abusive. yeah, <laughs> treat treat your sister like a piece of shit, yeah, but he, yeah. He was more than that, and he and you're right, he becomes useful because he had really spent three movies, three movies doing like nothing, like just being this alcoholic idiot sitting in the corner, and I don't know whether that was what they really wanted. For him, like I don't really know why that was, like you know what I mean, like why he was set up that way in those three movies. I think it was just because there was a feeling that you needed Paulie in it. Yeah, I think he's kind of like a lovable larrikin, like comedy relief sort of thing they were going for, and they just missed the mark badly in all of them. Yeah, until this one, I'd say. Yeah, true, true. He was meant to be sort of comic relief, I guess. Yeah, and he wasn't really look at things, but it wasn't funny, and it's definitely not funny now. No. I, I actually liked adding Marie. Yeah, I think you know, that's the, the ultimate callback to the original, isn't it? That's yeah. really taking it back, do 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 do. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you both nailed it. Like when he, I think you mentioned it in when we were talking about Rocky One about how how they they bring it back around to her. Really good idea. Just just the way that he goes back to the old neighbourhood and it's that 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 classic sort of same people, same um, same situation. And and she's the one that sort of serves him a beer, and we go from there. Yeah, that was. It, it, it didn't seem forced. No, he didn't. No. You know, he walks into a bar. In fact, at no stage when you first see that movie, do you even think of that girl? He's gone back and found a character in the original that he's just like. This is a believable setup for somebody that didn't get out of this place because I was warning her about the dangers of yeah of you know living your life the wrong way and all this sort of stuff. And it doesn't say that she's necessarily yeah, done that. For these guys, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't necessarily no, well, say she, she's she done that. She did get knocked up and a guy bails on her, though, yeah, go, so she didn't really listen that well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly right. She's made a couple of mistakes. She's still living the same life. And so that's where we begin, you know, back back in his... It's it's bringing it back to that first movie and the drama and the, the, the setup that we had there. So Yeah. And and she's sort of... I've got to say, I was very... Go for it, you're okay, man. I was just going to say, I was very glad they didn't try and go the romantic route because I think early on there there is a bit of a hint that maybe that like there's an, there's a, a romantic situation sort of bubbling up with this situ- uh, like relationship. Yeah. And if that had happened, I would have had a huge, huge, huge problem with it. Yeah, that could have that could have uh, derailed then he, then he the whole the, relationship. It could have fucked oh, the whole thing. Up. It just would have been wrong. And and then he has the you know my wife's dead, but she's not gone. You know, sort of thing. And. Uh, as soon as that line came out, I was like, "Oh, thank Christ for that!" Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think they could have gone the wrong way with that, um, and they didn't. So that was not. Yeah, that that was good because it. I think that you know, with with a you know, when you're a writer director star, the old ego takes over sometimes, and you make some decisions of that nature, which could have basically just derailed this whole thing. But he makes the right call. He makes the right call. It wasn't about romance. It was about two damaged individuals finding each other to kind of lean on and support each other. That yeah, was like basically a security it. security blanket sort yeah. of Yeah. 
Mm. And I think that's a great way to do it. A great way to do it, and it helps this movie immeasurably. It could have, you know, it was another character. Because you didn't have Mickey, you didn't have Apollo, you didn't have Adrian, you got to find some other characters for him to to be close with. Yeah. Well, you got to find... More than Paulie. you got to find someone for him to confide in and yeah. to talk to. Because, to, you know, you can't talk to Paulie. No, she's... He's a barfly. I don't, say, I don't <laughs> say to you. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I well, he tries to talk to his son, but he can't even do that either. So. Yeah, yeah. I actually, um, I know Gibbo's already put it out there, and we've talked about it. But God, I loved Paulie in this. <laughs> they used him so well. The way yeah. he comes stumbling into the restaurant, carried on like a scumbag. <laughs> it just worked so damn well because they put, they paint him exactly how he's been in these other movies, but then with the added sort of emotion of the fact that he he actually feels something, which he didn't say to in the yeah. previous movies, you know? And I think that... He's just he's a, he's a charming bum in this one. He's got charm somehow. Yeah, he didn't have it before. exactly. I think it comes back to more screen time. He has more to do here. Well, There's more yeah, opportunities to do didn't more. Want, I didn't want more of Paulie in the last two No, years, it's so not necessarily... Yeah, want more of him. But, yeah. it, but, but they gave him some meat. They it's, not just, yeah, it's not just the screen time. It's the fact that the screen time is there. There's something for him to do. Yeah, um, It's got a purpose. It's not yeah. just... Shit of he's him actually around. Paulie is actually involved in pushing the storyline along, which yeah. he hasn't been for quite some time. Yeah, not since the first movie, basically. Basically, he was involved in the first movie too. because of the the interaction between his, him and Adrian. His involvement in pushing storyline along ended with that scene in part three where he was like, "I need a job." Yeah, where he started fighting Rocky and then said, "Give me a job." Yeah, yeah. At, he since that point he's just been been filler. Yeah, much. true. Yeah, the odd making love to a robot. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> Jared brought it up earlier. The now versus then ESPN computer fight is a great yeah. jumping off point for the actual fight at the end. Advanced analytics, mate. It's everywhere. Yeah, and like it works perfectly to say, to ask those questions and then when you actually have the ability to put them both in the ring. Mm. For a reason, it makes some sense. Yep. Now, look. Let's be honest. Any boxer in their 50s jumping into the ring with the current heavyweight champ is going to get absolutely pummeled. But but it didn't matter. Yeah, you had us. You, you had us by yeah. the balls by the time we got in the ring. But again, Stallone's smart because he's taken something that is somewhat unbelievable, but then he's done it with something that's actually happened in, in boxing. I think... Didn't, I don't think sure Foreman, Foreman was in his 50s. I think he was in his late 40s or I mid-40s. Know Foreman's, he, Foreman's had fights uh, very late in his career. He was definitely fighting in his 50s, but he won the, He won titles back in his 40s. Oh, no, yeah, no doubt. Um, so it's not that far-fetched. Like, he's taken he's taken something that we're doing now and then taken a precedent to make his story believable. And instead of just immediately going, oh, this is bullshit. I think Foreman might have grabbed the title after... Hollyfield, Tyson, Lewis, yeah, something like that. Or in, but then not only just that, before Lewis, but maybe? he throws in the caveat after the peak, though, for sure. He yeah. throws in the caveat that it's an exhibition. Yeah, you know, it's not, and immediately that's that lends it cred. And that Tarver's out of, uh, you know, Dixon's out of shape. Yeah, he's not taking it seriously. You know, he gets hurt early on. Well, the most believable bit. The most believable bit is when he breaks his hand on his hip, yeah. and then all of a sudden he's one handed. Yeah. That's where the fight really yeah. turns. Tar- Tarver's got his measure up until that point. Yep. Yeah, but. It, it gives you enough to say, well, okay, yeah. It's the it's it's it making gives you reasonable. Yeah, yeah, it's making that you know it's it's making that uh, it's within the realm of the you know that suspension of disbelief. You know, 
there's not there's not anything to really disbelieve about it because it is it's legitimate. Yeah. 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 Well, you couldn't have you couldn't have had a fifty year old bloke standing standing in there with uh, you know peak Dolph Lundgren and it having been a proper fight and he doesn't get injured and all of a sudden you're supposed to believe that happens. There's just enough in this one where you think, yeah, fair enough. They've 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 got me like, for sure. Let's be honest. We could barely swallow a late thirties Stallone in the ring with Lundgren. Hmm. We could barely swallow that. Yeah. To get us to swallow this needed some of that like you know, crafty kind of scripting. And he does really well. He he, he makes it semi believable to at least have me going, Yeah, okay. Shrug the shoulders and let's let's watch it. Let's go forward. Yeah, exactly. At no stage is I going that. Is the, uh... Even if something as simple as that, one of the fight announcers said, you know, a puncher's always got a chance. And just the fact that you hear someone like that that you sort of accept as being an expert, even though it's in the movie, you think, oh, that's a fight. You know, those commentators, they know what they're usually talking about. You know, maybe, oh, yeah, punches have a chance. Fair enough. And then that sort of gives you a little hook. And then, you know, the handbrake. And obviously, Tarver's out of shape. He looks like me. Um, that's not a good <laughs> um, Yeah. There's been a less fit looking fight in a long time. He looks like so. you, whereas we look like Paulie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, my point is that he's definitely underdone for the fight and he's not taking it seriously. He's very similar to Apollo uh, in the first one. Again, it's sort of, that's another full circle thing, Jared, yeah. for what you said earlier. So. True. Look, another thing that I actually really liked was there's a scene where he breaks down I'm talking to Paulie about Adrian's death and how hard it is, how hard it's been, just before he mentions, you know, there's some stuff in the basement and I want to fight again. Yep. They're in the meatpacking plant. Mate, that was emotional shit. Oh, it's awesome. It was emotional stuff because, it, it again, it went back to the guy's got no purpose anymore. Yeah. His, his wife of 20 or 30 years is gone. He's 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 basically going to his restaurant every day, glad handling people and telling his the same old stories every time. And he's just he's he's going through the motions. Yeah, he's just basically. doing the same thing day to day. Yeah. And I thought that was really really well written and acted to get us the understanding that this guy, this is why he was doing this. I know we've talked about it before, but this this exact scene that you're talking about is is the difference between your Stallones and your Arnie's. Yeah. You know, this is oh, why. No way, Arnie pulls this off. Exactly, Even this Skull is... could. Yeah, yeah. Well, Skull would have grimaced. Pending, farted. Kind of gone. I think there's, a, there's look. There's an embargo on talking about that because it's still in front still, of the still judge. a pending case. I've also got cases on Norris, <laughs> Norris and Van Dam that are yeah, pending too. It's sort of it's the reason that Arnie um, can't sort of get back into the box office numbers and Stallone sort of can. Because he's got that to lean back on, he's got the acting ability. He's got craft to, to pull yeah. off things like this. Yeah, he can do a little bit more, um, and it's why. I mean, we had a conversation the other day, and I, I was just saying, you, you just you can't, you can never write Stallone off. You know, people thought he was finished, and then he comes back with with this one, and then you know they think he's finished again, and the Expendables pops up, and then again, oh, Stallone's got nothing but the action, and then all of a sudden he's getting Oscar buzz for Creed. You know, it's yeah. just what he's got that differentiates him from the other guys. Yeah, I think the, the difference he's is... He's got to be the smartest dumb guy in Hollywood. Yeah, and, and I think that's what people have forgotten. This guy's no <laughs> that's idiot. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, this guy's, this guy's a very, very smart cookie who has had a career uh, that's 40 years long in Hollywood. Now, that's, yeah, that's hard. But not only that, you look at all the movies that he's come back in and things like that, it's not a case of, like, John Travolta being given a role by Quentin Tarantino. Every time he comes back, he's got a big hand in it. 
Yeah, he's, it's off his own back. Yeah, yeah, he's either written it or or produced it, or it's or it's something like even Creed. Okay, so he didn't write and direct that one. But he produced it. He it. produced it, and he's got a big say in what happens with the character. Um, oh, that movie does not happen without his going. Exactly. Well, basically, that's what exactly. they said. Yeah, they said yeah. it wasn't. It wouldn't have happened. And he, you know, he's again, even though he didn't write and direct that one, he had a bit of sort of protection over it to where they pitched it to him, and he was kind of like he wasn't wasn't in on it, and mm. then. Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler worked together on Fruitvale Station. And then yeah. after that hit, they pitch it again and still Stallone's listening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you so know, he's not that stupid. He's not that stupid. Yeah. He's actually, this is what, and when I, when I went and saw Dolph Lundgren at Supernova, this is one of the things he said. He actually said his favourite person to work with was Stallone because not only, is, he said he was a good guy and everything, but he said the guy's, the guy's a savvy businessman. He knows, yeah. they, he said, you know, you look at Rocky. Rocky is a parallel of his career at the time, and so was the Expendables. You know, he had nothing going for him, so he dusted off the old action hero. Like, he, he, he does what's available to him, but he's, a, he's quite smart about how he goes yeah. about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. There's a line in the movie where he says, it's not how hard you hit, it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. I actually think that's probably post, quite possibly the best line in the entire series. And I think it sums the entire series up, basically. Big call. Well, that's that's Big Rocky's call. credo for his yeah. whole life, there's for a, sure. There's a lot of, lot of great, a lot of great lines, lines series, but I just think that that's, that sets the whole... It turns us again, that the 360, it, back to where we came it from. It fits for the time, too, yeah. you know, like where he's at. So I really, I really, really like that, and I think, I think it, it really summed it up. And the fact that he kind of said it to his son, when his son's kind of saying, you know... You make gonna make a fool of yourself, and you know why? Why are you doing this? So you, you know, I thought it was a really poignant sort of thing to say. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, um, as I as I mentioned, I I actually think that the the stuff with the sun rectified some of the problems with part five, and and Gibbo mentioned it when we were talking about part five that it's it's not it's overdone. It's just given enough time to sort of work work in the relationship between them and the problems that they have and and um i think yeah that's that scene is part of that that package and it, it just works really well I do, I do have a slight problem with this this scene i love this whole scene i've got a small problem that this speech is the one thing that then turns his son around makes his makes him leave his career completely and come and stand in his dad's corner after all the issues they've supposedly had. Yeah. I think that's a little bit of a tough sell. This, this, this scene's awesome and this monologue that he does I think is unreal. I really like it but I just don't see how Robert Jr. goes, yeah, Dad, you're right. I've been in your shadow for so long. <laughs> yeah. I can see how smart you are. It, it's, it's a bit of a tough sell. I, I don't think they had the time maybe to do it properly and, and it's definitely better than what it's done in five but... It definitely could have been handled a little bit more believably, but it's an awesome scene it's for a, sure. It's a good speech, though. You give me that one on my way into work. I'm, I'm immediately dropped. <laughs> 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 what, what was that? The $150,000 job? Nah, stick it up your ass. What I'm going to do is sit in the corner and yell out at an aging boxer or an exhibition. Yeah, and my dad's got one fight coming up, so I can I can survive. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. You are right. I um, actually think there should have been a, based on timeline, 
situations with Robert Jr., how he went from being like six to 14 or something but to, in four months. He should have been like 60. Oh, yeah, he should have been older <laughs> than Rocky. <laughs> Rocky should have been standing there face to face. Yeah, yeah, instead of Spider Rico. He's like Benjamin Button. <laughs> instead of Spider Rico, the same actor should have been playing Rocky Jr. <laughs> how you doing, son? <laughs> Good to see you came for a free meal today. Look, I thought Milo <laughs> Did you take the... <laughs> I'll leave it there. I thought he wasn't too bad. And he does look a little bit like Stallone, you know, with the crooked mouth and all that. And I think that's basically why he was initially picked. Is he did he did he put that on, or is that no, how no, you that's how that's too? how he? I think that's how he is. So I think he. Was, so he's a forceps kid as well. Good he on him. Just, <laughs> oh shit! He was selected because of his resemblance to Stallone. But I thought he, I think he does a reasonable job. He's totally believable as a, as an older version of Sage uh, too. Was Sage had Sage passed away by this point? Ah uh, uh, no he no he, he 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 I believe Sage died in two thousand and eight or two thousand and ten. Yeah. Uh, so it's a couple of years I after. I just was wasn't sure Sage, like why he wouldn't the have got involved. The trivia I the trivia I read was he um he approached his son to do it because um, basically his son would have been right in the wheelhouse. It would have been perfectly yeah age yeah. But I can't remember why he chose not to. Maybe, Didn't want to live in his shadow anymore. He might have had something <laughs> else on. Oh, that's right. He ran a um Sage actually ran a one of those um Blu-ray or DVD companies that took old, really old sort of genre pictures and, and cleaned them up and got them out there. Oh, okay. And so I think he, he, he had to decline because of the business that he was running. Mm. He wasn't able to step away for a, a period of time. Yeah. So that was why yeah, it right. didn't happen. That was actually quite yeah. – it was quite morbid watching part five and, and watching, yeah. you know, a young Sage Stallone and, and Tommy Morrison knowing both these, both these people died quite young from pretty tragic circumstances. Yeah. But, but, yeah. uh, How yeah, old was Sage? Must have been only 36. 30, 36. I think he was 36. Morrison was 45. Morrison yeah. was 44. And, um, yeah, I think you saw the same bit of footage that I saw of Morrison probably a year or two before he died. Yeah, he wasn't looking good. He was a he was, yeah, different person. It was just, yeah, bit of a bit of a shock. Yeah. It's really great to see Duke back as his oh. trainer. Oh, so Tony good. Burton. So Tony he's back. back in. And not only that, but they gave him just a tiny bit, and that was all you needed. Mm. They didn't overdo it. They just gave him the chance to spout a few lines and crack the neck, yeah. and you were on the edge, mate. You were just... That's my favourite part of the whole series. Oh, mate, so yes. good. Crack, crack, let's go make some hurt. Oh, mate. Yes. And then into, <laughs> into the montage, the training montage, which is just perfectly done with Gunner Fly yeah. now and... Just watching him sort of work out. And quite frankly, if I'm fucking 60 and I'm lifting the kind of shit he is, Jesus. He's doing fucking shit up. Oh, no, but he's benching. I mean, I, I'm assuming that's legit. In no, my, he's alone, it probably would have been. In my current he's position. He's benching about 150. In my current position, early 30s, I can crack out about three chin-ups. <laughs> he's rocking. He's just sitting there going, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then I'm like, I'm imagining, cut. We didn't quite get yeah, that slide. Can you crack out another 10 for us? <laughs> I mean, the guy's in excellent shape for yeah, a 60-year-old. But Gibbo is Gibbo definitely is a bit of saggage. On. He looks a bit like a melted wax version of himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive shape. Like, you've got to take your help. What was he? He must have been 60, lights. right? He's 60 years he's old. He's in his 60s. That's he's insane. Is he, um, so he's 60 in this? I think he's, he's, he's just 60, He's 69 now, so he must be yeah, 60 in this. In his like, 60s. this was 2006, right? He was so. in his 60s for this one, and this was around the time that he got, he got pegged coming into Australia with the roids. Yeah. And not only that, but... Talk about, you know, a good image. When you get done at customs with steroids and everyone's, like, you know, frowning on you and he comes out with a line, well, you know, 
I'm 60. How do you think I keep the figure? That just immediately turned it around to yeah. me like, yeah, yeah Sly's still a good boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, What's he supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, the, bottom exactly, line, the bottom line on that was, yeah, look, he shouldn't have brought him into the country and he took it on the chin. But he basically stepped forward and said, fuck, well, what do you expect? You know, yeah, yeah. I'm 60 years old yeah. and I'm making movies where I'm punching people out in the um, ring. I'm cracking, still cracking a six-pack. Yeah, but those yeah. lines, that, that uh, Duke's line... Making the hurt and bobs like mm. again. It, it starts off by lending cred to the theme that we've got mm. about we're building up this theme about how how this guy is is nowhere near his prime against a guy who was in his prime. But okay, we've made him a little bit out of shape, and then we you know when we get later down the track, we break his hand. It all builds up to this and makes the loss okay. And this is part of it because he talks about okay, so you got no speed. You can't, you know, you can't move to side to you side. Riders, you can't run. Yeah, you can't, you can't do, do any of that. And so, what do we do? Crack, crack. Let's build some hurt and bombs. Yeah. And then they do the montage. Blunt force trauma. Yeah, and you are off. Oh. I was just about off the couch, shadow boxing. So was I. I was absolutely. In fact, I teared up slightly and yes, got an erection. <laughs> so it's the combo. It's definite movement. The combination of, of of making that tone sort of realistic and making the loss okay when we get to it. Then dropping the classic lines and the classic montage. Yeah. The, the whole combo just, I was in. I, like, literally, I was I was just about to jump off the couch and start throwing a few oh, yeah. jabs. And then I realised oh, I can't box, so I'm just going to sit on the couch and <laughs> run <laughs> with it. Yourself, <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of my final likes is, in, in typical Rocky style, Mason Dixon is not a 100% snarling villain. No, there are he's not some, a villain at all. Th- yeah, there, there are, sh- there, there are the good shades to it because he's just doing the best he can. He's the champ. He's fighting shit fighters. It was, but that's all that's out there. Yeah, he's he's part two Creed light version. Basically, he's he's given the the scenes that we need to to not treat him like shit when he's sort of when he's uh, you know talking a bit of trash to Rocky because basically he's the heavyweight champ that hasn't been beaten, but he's been. Everyone's hating on him because the talent in the in the field isn't good enough. Um, so yeah, you I don't get, know what he was supposed to do about that. Yeah, exactly. So you get that, those. That's where your sympathy comes from. Yeah, and you get those motivations, and you get that small scene of him going to talk to his trainer. So you can understand why he's talking a bit of trash to Rocky, and you know, he's saying, "I'm going to take it easy on you," blah blah blah. But you don't hate him. It's not the flat out black and white villain like they made Mr. T in part three. Yeah. Um, it's got a little bit black of that. Black and white's what you say. I won't say black and oh, white. Oh, jeez. That's a. Oh, fuck that up, haven't I? That was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> bad choice. Uh, Michael good, Jackson rolled in his grave. <laughs> the, the good versus evil villain that they yeah. sort of portray in part three. It's just they give it a little bit more like they did with Creed in part two. So you've got his motivations and you don't think this bloke's a prick when he starts talking trash and stuff. Yeah, and that's that's why I, I gravitate towards the first one and this one as the, my favourites because, once again, we get character. These guys are characters. Yeah. Um, even the, the boxers are up against the characters. And we know them, we understand them, and we feel a bit for them. You don't feel anything for um, Mr. T. You don't feel anything for Drago. You feel nothing. They're both, I mean, T less, but they're both robots in a way. Yeah. They're there to serve a certain purpose. Now, they just get their head punched in by Rocky at the end. Yeah, they're there so, to be like the, the unstoppable force like yeah, that, that Rocky And, and I lo- that's what I love about this is he has some, some shades to him. Yeah. They don't overdo it. And of course, it's, they're not going to spend you know forty minutes worrying about Mason the Lion Dixon, but we're going to spend some time with him so we know him. Yeah, we're going to spend just enough mm. in this one. 
the final fight, I think, is the best one of the lot. Correct. I actually think the, the, the presentation, like where you go from a film to a, an almost legitimate ESPN presentation of a Is it ESPN or HBO? I thought it might have been HBO. Oh, that, that might have been Creed. It sorry. Been, no, 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 I can't remember. It was one of them, but I, I, th- I thought it was ESPN in this It might one, have been but, ESPN. Um, the way they present it as if you're watching it on a on a um, you know on the pay-per-view or whatever and they just go back and forth they start dropping little bits of you know the, the movie back into the, the yeah. ESPN presentation and then eventually the movie sort of takes over and you've got the classic Rocky elements of it and the, you know they add a few real nice touches in this one like the black and white footage with the with the only one one colour and that's the blood on the nose and stuff yeah. like that Really nice touches. Detectives, yeah. Really nice touches, and but yeah, I thought the fact that they they presented it like it was a legitimate fight night, mm. that was a really good move to start off that way yeah. and then sort of build it back into the film element. Oh, for sure. Just I, I really like that black and white part. But even the uh, I actually the, one of the other podcasts I listened to they bashed that black and white use with the, just the one color, the yellow or the red or whatever color it is they might be using at that point. They mm. bashed it, and I thought that was awesome effect to use in this in this film. I I really liked it. And, what uh, I loved you go, it. Talk, going back to the, the like uh, callbacks to the other movies, one bit after when they're actually well and truly into the fight, and the cut men are trying to deal with the guys in the corner, and Tava and not Tava, sorry, obviously Dixon and, and Rocky are leaning to the side to try and keep their eyes on each other. Yeah, uh, that that's a callback to a couple of the other older movies as well, where yeah. people were doing that. They're just so intent on their opponent, they just want they can't take their eyes off them. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool callback as well. Exactly, and. I think that the the whole presentation of that fight, it, it uses several things. It has the black and white with the small dabs of colour. There's a voiceover in his head when he gets knocked down and he repeats to himself, it's not how hard you get hit. And then he says, get up. What did you say to the kid? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and he gets up. And then there's also some small flashbacks just seen fleetingly during the fight yep. when he gets hit hard. Uh, to me, it was taking the... do it. It was taking the... Stale old formula of boxing, um, you know, film boxing on film, and doing something different with it. Yeah. And for a franchise of six movies old, it's a great way to do it, especially when you're bringing it back to a fresh audience, a modern audience. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to go into one of these fights after, you know, in the sixth movie, and still give us something fresh. But he does it. Yeah. And somehow they manage it, and I think, yeah, whether it's the presentation or whether it's a couple of those little elements that they they use, they manage to keep it fresh. Now, there's a final like in this movie for me that is right at the end. It's actually during the credits. I don't know if anyone watched through the credits. I think Ooh, I, I'm interested. I think there, I cut it off. There's because remember this is pre Creed, okay? So even though I'm watch, I was watching it knowing that Creed exists. When this first came out and the first time I ever saw it, Rocky, this was the end of Rocky. Mm. Okay, so it was the last time we were going to see him. And the, the credits show everyday average Joe's running up the steps in Philly oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. and jumping up and down and everything. And you hear the classic music in the background. But right at the end, that sort of fades to black and you get one shot of, you know when Rocky runs up the steps in this movie with the dog? and it's, it's yep, sort of his arm up. Yeah, and he punches the air, and it's it's snowing and everything. It's yep. basically that exact same shot without the dog, and it's just Rocky looking down over the city from 
Yeah, that was the cover of the DVD, wasn't it? I think I've I, seen that shot. Yeah, it might have been times before, maybe on a poster. Yeah, yeah, and I just thought that is just a perfect way to see the end of Rocky. You know, he's looking down on his city. You know, it's it's the end of an era, basically. Yeah, well, and, I felt the same way actually. Even just when he was leaving the the arena, when yeah. he's walking out, and he does the the point to the sky, and he's doing like the wave thing, whatever. Yeah, um, I thought that was that, great. That if you didn't tear up, and that's like, and I think this this not the this isn't a dislike so much, but I think. Someone coming into this series and maybe not having seen the first five and just watching this movie, I think a lot of this stuff is lost on them. Maybe like it, you wouldn't have the same effect yeah, without totally. that prior relationship with the characters. Yep. But that said, for people like us, especially watching them all in one go, if you don't have a serious like moment with yourself after that last scene, like that's a really heartfelt moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was kind of again. We've only, I've only said it about fifteen times during this one, but the full circle, like. It didn't matter that he that he uh, that he'd lost. Yeah, um, he just walks out. He, doesn't he care. just he's gone the distance. Yeah, he yep. walked out, and the music is playing. His triumphant music over being announced that he'd lost the fight, but he's king shit. He's walking out, owning the crowd, the crowd yeah. acknowledging that was the, that was the the nice touch to this one. Like you said, that he acknowledged and and stood there for the minute and pointed out and did all that sort of stuff, and then you know walked into the shadows and. Walked off to be Rocky, you know, the the restaurant owner. Again. Yeah, look, I, I hear what you're saying, Gibbo, about if you didn't come, if you didn't come up with these movies and you hadn't seen them all, I'd say um, it's a shame. But it definitely, yeah. you definitely have <laughs> you would lose thing. some of it. But this movie has been made. This movie has been made and and kind of lovingly crafted by Stallone to his fans. I think. Yep. To the fans of this series. And the people who are willing, whether they're young, old, whether they only just saw them, you know, when they were like us, you know, in the 80s and 90s, um, or you're a young bloke who your dad put you onto them and you love them, you know, and you've only, you're only 18 or something. But, it, but as long as you've seen the series, this is a love letter to you. That yep. What a great series this was and what a way to go out. So, so what you're saying is this is this is Stallone not letting you out of his apartment and uh, wearing a Chessie Bond set. <laughs> and, and maybe putting his arms on the door above you and pushing yeah, you in the corner yeah. to make Possibly make say, I'm, I'm going to kiss you. <laughs> you kiss me back. You don't want me to. You've said so many times, but I'm going to do it because I'm a man and you're just a woman. <laughs> That's where we're at. Uh, no, I, I hear what you're saying, mate. I, yeah. I 100% agree that this, this movie's awesome. I'm a now, big fan. any dislikes? Yeah. Like key dislikes? Yeah, the, the Steps character. I, I understand the little Marie, bringing Marie back in and fine, and then obviously he's trying to be like a surrogate, like drop-in son figure because he's having issues with his own son. And that stuff's still working for a little while, but then it just gets dropped. Yeah, yeah no, totally. Like, out of nowhere, Steps just isn't anything. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get this dog, we're going to call him Punchy, and then... You never hear from him again, other than seeing in the background of the. Like, what's the point of it? Yeah, exactly. That was. Yeah, I had a. I There's had a, no payoff to that. Well, story. my my dislike basically rolls in with that. Um, I think that the, the the relationship between Rocky and his son is not as good as it actually could have been. Um, it's okay, but it doesn't fully work because I think some time is wasted on steps. Yeah. You cut steps. And the resolution, like I said need, earlier, the resolution with his son doesn't really steps. pay off. Yeah, you don't he, need a big, he rips into him and that's it. But then all of a sudden he's just a, he's back in his corner. So I yeah, see, Ste- yeah. Steps obviously could have served a purpose. And with the, the other podcast I listened to about this, they sort of brought up a good idea. He could have learned something from Steps where Steps sort of said, maybe you need to do this and try that with him or, you know, try to gave him an, a tool to deal with someone of a younger age. And maybe he goes back to his son and 
and resolves it that way. That would have given steps a purpose, but at this point, he's just a... The only thing that he sort of tells you is that Maurice slept with a black guy. That's pretty much his whole purpose. Yeah. And that's not really enough. Well, I think I think that he tries to use it as the idea that Rocky can still sort of communicate with this young young guy, you know. He's still able to sort I'd of... I'd say that's a stretch, though. And, and I think it is, but like him for the most I, think part. That's, I think that's Stallone's thinking with steps. Yeah. My feeling is you don't need steps. And he could have got rid of him and used that, those minutes he took up with Robert. I actually think I didn't mind the sun angle so much. I agree with Gibbo on steps. It was just it was dropped completely. I think the sun stuff, I didn't mind it so much. And I think he may have been tentative to use it too much because of Rocky Five. to be yeah. honest. Um, he probably felt that the, the chances this could come up too much again. Yeah, and I think it was used enough. I agree that it, it feels like, you know, it, it seems very strange to drop his job to, to support his dad for one fight. and then. But again, uh, not to not to go too too far into it, but there's a little bit of a tie-up in Creed to that, which sort of... Yeah. Which makes... Don't. don't. Nah, 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 All I'm saying is there's a little bit of a tie-up that perhaps makes me feel a bit better about how this one went. Mm. And Is Milo in Creed, actually? No. He's, okay. It's not in there. But basically there's a, there's a tie-up that, that's sort of... Milo, what's his surname? <laughs> Ventimiglia. <laughs> what? Uh, Ventimiglia. <laughs> oh, shit. Big Milo V, that's what you can call him. <laughs> but yeah, the tie-up sort of... It makes it makes me feel better about how that one ended. So I feel I look back at Rocky Balboa and just think they gave it just they gave it just what it required. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, maybe I'll feel better after watching Creed tonight. Yeah. And I think I'll it was. I think it was. I think they hesitated to. Like I said, I think that the the part five may have made him a bit hesitant. Maybe he had a bit more to, to work with with his son, and then he looked at those pages of the script, and then had flashbacks about, you know, reviewers talking about Rocky Five and said, yeah, a, fuck this, yeah, and scrapped it. It's not time spent, though. It's just how they use the time. He has about yeah. four or five different scenes of, like, fresh interactions with him, and they're all sort of the same beat, and then it doesn't really go anywhere, and then all of a sudden he just has that one scene outside the restaurant where he rips him a new one. Yeah, but I think... It's just him going to him and being awkward, and yeah, like but they I, just could have they could have moved it on in its scene and, and done something a little bit different. Where, but that's what like I don't it think have to you be needed, more of him. It just needs to be better used. I don't think you needed more of him. I don't. I don't even think it needed to be better used. To be honest, I think it just it, it worked as it was. It was just a very, it was a very minor subplot about the issues with the son, and then it all came to a head with that conversation. Um, and okay, so maybe the end of the conversation maybe seemed to progress the character too far. But I think yeah. that was all you needed because mm. it was about Rocky again. It wasn't about the son. Um, well, let's, was... let's be honest. All of these movies are about Rocky. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the problem. Part five spent too much time with the son by himself almost. Yeah, spinning and, its wheels yeah, and trying spin, to... And then in this one, it was all about, okay, the son didn't necessarily turn around, but all these scenes were like Rocky, just showing Rocky trying and trying and not knowing what the fuck he was doing until... Yeah. Eventually, it just went bang. It laid it all on it. It said something that his son understood. And know? that comes back to what Gibbo said, though, about steps. Steps could have been used in that Yeah, in that way. Steps got Steps, steps just, just got gets dropped. shafted. He gets completely you see him briefly in the training montage, and then you see him again at the fight. That's about it. Yeah. He just did a background with a dumb grin on his face. Though. Yeah, yeah. Not even serving a purpose. Yeah, no. that's right. 
It, it sort of feels on... like a character where there might have been more stuff in there, and they've just they've left some stuff on the cutting room floor. They yeah, well, it's possible. To be honest, I'm yeah. I'm confused about the purpose from the beginning. Like you said, it, it was the, it was kind of that surrogate son angle, but that only really lasted the dog scene. Yeah, yeah, that was the only scene in the movie where he's even involved. Maybe yeah. the dog could have been his surrogate son. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Well, the, do- the dog's his surrogate butt kiss, though. So. <laughs> All right. Oh, um, the only other sort of light dislike I had is occasionally Paulie does revert very briefly back to his old sort of ways, but I think it's all forgiven by the fact that he has purpose in this film. Uh, a couple of times he does come back to some of his, you know, he runs into the restaurant and starts pulling out alcohol and telling people to fuck off, <laughs> all this type of stuff. And you just see those tinges of his old self. Yeah, but it was kind of, uh, it built it up to those those moments in this one. Like, yeah, yeah, I actually course. kind of. And they I had purpose, did, so it wasn't just him being an asshole. I actually did laugh thing. once or twice when he was being his asshole kind of self in this one because they'd, they'd brought it back with those scenes of where you could see why Rocky is actually friends with the bloke. Mm. Whereas for three movies, I was like, what the fuck is he still doing there? <laughs> I just said, piss off, you're, you're a nuisance. Yeah. The, the, re- the reservation line and being an Indian, that's his, that's his little racial nod in this one at least. Yeah. When, when she asks if he's got a reservation, he goes, do I look like a fucking Indian? Yeah, and he just sort of right. laughs and keeps drinking. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't yeah. have gone one movie without yeah. one, could no, we? Had to get his racist racist. Couldn't keep it normal. Thanks, Paulie. Overall, though, I, I I think that really this is the second best of the series. Yep. Quite, in my mind, quite substantially. I thought I was going to be controversial and then Gibbo beat me to the punch and you've agreed. So my, basically it's, you know, gone yeah. from controversy to unanimous. Mate, the one thing I've learned from this is we're all smart guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very smart. No, it definitely is, though. And, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a big step up from five, but it's a huge step up from three and four and two, the pile of shit that it is, like, Number one, I, I, I never really liked number one because uh, I was a kid watching it and then you watch it as an adult and you, you realise what an actually good movie it is. Yeah. And this is definitely on the same beats. It, it hits a lot of the same things just with probably a little bit better craft. I'd say Sly's a better actor in this one. I think some of the stuff he does in this is incredible. Yeah, and, uh, and, and I think he's also... He's getting nods for Creed. He must be, he must be doing some of, the, some of the similar stuff, so I'm looking oh, forward to seeing that. But yeah. essentially, he's amazing in some of these scenes. Well, no, we're not going to go into it, but he, he just continues it with Creed. Just yeah. continues yeah. on the same form. So it's and really I think he's a much more sure director and writer at this stage of his life than he was back when he was writing, you know, three and four uh, and directing three and four. Well, so this makes up for that. <laughs> um, and definitely the second best of the series for me. Let's leave part yeah. three out of it. It was all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. All right. Well, look. Let's... Part three is number three for me, but. Yeah, look, it's definitely, I, I, definitely not a chronicle, chronological listing. That's for sure. I'd probably go. I'd go one, six, three. Uh, what two, five, four, maybe? Yeah, I had the same. Right? I had the same, except I got four ahead of five. Just two, four, two, four, five. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm basically in a similar mould. Hence my revision. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yep. Uh, if right. I was going to back and watch them, though, I'd have to say, if I was going to go back and re-watch any of their six so far, I'd, I'd re-watch Rocky Balboa. Over yeah, yeah. One even. so would I. Yep. Yeah, in I'd a heartbeat, I'd watch Balboa I'd say it's my favourite movie out of the series so far. Probably because it may not be the best movie, up. but it's the best. And it yeah, works it's just cleaned up the edges. Yeah. So no doubt I'd go back and watch Balboa. All right. That's six rounds down. We're there. 
going into Creed next episode. And also, I believe we're going to do a little bit of a best of yeah. the series. A couple of best In our favourite parts, favourite quotes, favourite boxes, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, fair. Definitely looking forward to that. Gibbo, thanks again, mate. Really appreciate you getting involved in this one. It's always a pleasure, gents. You know that. Just you just make especially it when you bad. guys do movies that aren't complete shit. Yeah, and the whole series has been that, but it's well, been definitely better than most of the stuff you got me sitting through. Yeah. I was just gonna say, mate, you just you're making us look bad. Yeah, you're starting to make us look bad, and yeah. So next time we bring you on pieces too. <laughs> yeah, there's no if way we that can find exists. it. No, we'll do the white buffalo, mate. It's the only thing worse. The white buffalo, brilliant. <laughs> I did watch the preview. <laughs> oh jeez, it's hilarious. <laughs> Looks like a stage production. <laughs> yeah, poor one. <laughs> Look, if anyone wants to get in touch with us um, just to discuss movies or talk about anything we've done or anything they want us to watch, contact us at our email address at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or on Podomatic at Podomatic slash Thrill Me Podcast. Until next episode, take it easy and we'll catch up with you later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.